This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be financial or investment advice. Seek a licensed professional for investment advice about crypto or any other investment. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another installment of the Blazing Crypto Podcast. We are Justin and Brandon. And uh, today, I think the, the, the movie quote that, that hopefully most applies to our situation in the market is uh, what they said on the dark night, that the night is darkest just before the dawn. So, Justin, if you can, if you can stitch together a, a chart that makes that make sense, <laughs> I would certainly love to see it. I can definitely, uh, I can definitely say it is dark right now. <laughs> Current darkness, we, for sure. <laughs> we are recording on the morning of January 6th. This is our first uh, podcast of the new year 2022. And yeah, the market has been in a bit of a funk, uh, in a deep funk the last couple of days. And so we are all all getting our arms and our heads collectively around what's going on, uh, trying to keep everything updated in Discord, uh, some market update videos, uh, some good discussion there. Uh, but today in our episode, we are really excited to uh, talk about one of our favorite projects, uh, related to one of our favorite coins, and that is Solana uh, and the coin uh, Soul, which if you've been around Justin or I for any length of time, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you've heard us mention that. So today we're going to dive into uh, just a bit of education, information. What is it? What does it do? Uh, what category does it live in in the blockchain world? And, uh, and, and really what is unique and valuable about it? And what can you expect from this project Moving forward, before we dive in, Justin, you know one thing that I, I, I thought about this this week. You know, certainly it's our goal uh, on Blazing Crypto to make uh, information as accessible as possible about a pretty complex topic, a complex technology like blockchain. Uh, but but for sure, we also want to be moving the needle in our in our knowledge and how much we know. And a lot of times, what that looks like for me is I'm reading a tweet thread, I'm reading an article, I'm listening to a podcast, and I understand 50, 60, 70% of what's going on, but there might be 20, 30, or 40% that I need to I need to go sort of brush up on what that means. And just an encouragement here, um, I remembered a story from high school. My English teacher, Mr. Joyner, uh, was famous for, we'd be reading a book, we'd be working on something, uh, and we'd ask him, Mr. Joyner, what does that word mean and he would sort of wheel back and grab one of his uh like 1500 dictionaries it seemed like and sort of hold it up to us like you want to know what the word means come look it up and i remember that being super frustrating at the time but it really was a lifelong lesson of pursuing knowledge being curious uh and not just looking the word up but like even trying to use it in in, in context right it's really about building learning building that kind of growth. And so I would just say, my encouragement is, as you start talking about some of these projects, um, there's going to be stuff that maybe it's your first time hearing about it. Take that on and, uh, and go look it up, uh, study it, ask questions about it. Just an encouragement from a, a lifelong learning perspective. But yeah, let's dive in. So Justin, I know that you were very, very early on Solana, like very early. So what when you remember hearing about it first, what what caught your interest in Solana? Well, I think my interest in Solana um, actually came out of some of my frustrations with other other coins. Uh, so, like like Ethereum, for example, I've been big on Ethereum for you know a number of years, uh, and 
what I was experiencing is when I was uh, living in the uh, decentralized financial world and I was like testing out some of these new tools, um, one of the things that I found frustrating about Ethereum was, you know, it just, it took 15 minutes to confirm a transaction. It was, um, there's higher transaction fees. So all of these um, things, it's it's fine for Ethereum, you know, to do that depending on, you know, what it's going to be used for. But that doesn't scale for all the applications in the world, right? Like there, there needs to be something that's faster, more efficient, um, cheaper. So that's kind of like what I was looking for. And, uh, in, you know, around last spring, I just started looking at other, other blockchains to see, okay, which ones like, let's start looking at these blockchains and, and see, oh, this one's really, really fast, but it's, you know, it's not secure at all. Or this one's overly secure and it's very, very slow. Uh, so that's kind of what led me to Solana. And then what I really liked about Solana at that time was the healthy balance of security and speed. Um, I, it, it wasn't an outlier on that spectrum. Uh, and that's to me that, that signaled utility, significant utility. The, the other thing that caught my eye is, um, Solana almost immediately, um, started having heavy development, uh, built on top of it. So, um, you know, it's a blockchain where a lot of other projects started being built on top of it immediately. And that's a really good sign of adoption. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to jump on that train early. Yeah, that's awesome. So maybe we should have started here, but but tell people what Solana is. Like what kind of blockchain is it? Connect the dots for us on that. Yeah, I was trying not to like get into all the details of uh, why I liked it. But uh, so that can be a really confusing uh, thing for people because there's so many cryptocurrencies out there. And I like to describe it like uh, it's like layers and these blockchains, we actually use that terminology layer one blockchain. And all that means is, um, you know, there's, there's tons of products out there, uh, like compound finance, um, YFI finance, a lot of them are financial instruments, but it's an individual project that allows you to do some sort of function, take a loan, um, lend out your money and earn interest, whatever it may be. Well, those are individual projects and all of those individual projects are being built on top of a blockchain like Ethereum or Solana. So you, you could say Ethereum and Solana are the base layer that other technologies are built on top of. Um, so that's kind of a, a, a broad definition of what Solana is, but think of it like a network that a bunch of cool stuff can be built on top of. Yeah. And it's been fun to try to explain uh, some of these products and projects to, to just people that, you know, you're, you're engaging with, you know, I, I tried to explain it like, you know, it's like any, any function that a bank would perform. You mentioned decentralized finance, you know, it's like from a lending from a, an interest or a, a staking, which we'll talk more about later. All of these things have been available from centralized finance. It's just that the bank is the central authority. And now, yeah, with with blockchains like Solana, uh, decentralized means it, the bank is really the technology. And so we, the people, you know, really benefit from that. So it's great to hear Solana is one of those uh, layer one, base layer uh, blockchain technology. So just a little bit of history 
you know, Solana launched uh, the coin, Sol, uh, that launched in April of 2020. And boy, things move very, very fast in this space. That feels like it was not that long ago. Uh, but it, it went from, I mean, just a year ago, uh, so January of 2021, I mean, the coin was under $2. I think I pegged it at $188 uh, exactly a year ago this week. Uh, and it hit 260 in September of 2021. That's a, that's a lot. That's a big gain. Without getting into all the market dynamics of what makes coins go wild, what specifically about Solana has proven to be so valuable? And not just that it would grow, but that, that it would grow so exponentially. Yeah, I think, well, a, a big thing about that, that price movement, it simply mirrors what's called a network effect, right? So a network effect is essentially the more users that come into a network, they add value to the network, right? And each new user uh, adds more value. And so a lot of times in cryptocurrency, you know, as a network is being built out, there's more projects being built on it, uh, more people are using it. The value of that coin scales up as more, more people come in. Uh, and a big part of that, obviously, is because, you know, to use these projects that are being built on top of Solana, you need to buy Solana, right? And the same thing for Ethereum. Um, but that that's what makes it grow so much is it's it's simply the price is just reflecting the actual growth uh, of the Solana ecosystem. So um, that's one aspect of it. Uh, the the other thing is just the I, I guess I would say the uniqueness. Like to me, going back to what I said earlier, Solana on that let's say a bell curve of 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 blockchains. And we over here we have high high security, but it's really slow. And over on the other side, it's really really fast, but it's not secure at all. Solana was a healthy balance, so I think those two things working in tandem, like that, is what drew a lot of the the development and a lot of the um, just adoption in general. But yeah, definitely the price. I'll, I'll that gives gives credit to the adoption all day long. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I will uh, I'll give voice to the the situation we had in September October where the NFT boom uh, really, in addition to hitting the the total market and crypto, really hit Solana you know really heavily, and a lot of people that had been paying you know pretty heavy gas fees, transaction fees on NFTs. So think about every time you go to sell something, you know you're having to pay eighty dollars, a hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred dollars per transaction, just as the fee uh, really came over to Solana and sort of found um, a little bit better situation with lower fees, faster transactions. So getting getting into that a little bit more, I want to set up kind of a, uh, a both-sided conversation here. Um, there, there are certainly upsides to Solana. Uh, you mentioned uh, speed and scalability, and I want you to talk about those a little more. But let's play kind of an upside and a downside. Um, are there downsides to Solana? I know, I know specifically as we were preparing for this, we had a couple people in uh, the Blazing community actually ask us, um, hey, I know we all like Solana, but like sort of what's the, the quote unquote bear case? Like what, what are the downsides, you know, just so that we're not kind of blinded by only what we like? So talk about the upside, but also are there any downsides that you would you'd want to acknowledge or, or that you're concerned about? 
Yeah. So, um, actually start with the downsides. So the downsides, uh, and every, I don't care like what cryptocurrency you're into. Every, everything has a downside. Um, so it's really important to talk about those downsides and just be like, here's, here's what they are. And kind of, here's how we think it'll play out. Uh, so for Solana, the, to me, the biggest downside is network stability. So let me just a brief story on that. So, you know, there was, um, I think it was, I can't remember if it was 24 or 48 hours, um, earlier, uh, or in just fall 2021, where the whole network for Solana went down, meaning like you couldn't send a Solana transaction and it was for a 24 hour period. Um, that, you know, that type of, uh, latency or outage, it just can't like that can't continue happening. Um, and it hasn't happened a lot. You know, there's, there's, that was the one, the one moment where it was down for a long time. And there's other times where it's been, you know, congested a little bit, uh, with transactions, latency and stuff. And it just has to do with the, the number of people using the network. Um, so it's, you know, it'll bump into some scaling issues every once in a while. So that's the big, to me, that's one big downside. Um, the other thing is, and this is more of like a, I guess a perception. It, it technically is a downside, but I, I'm not worried about it is a lot of people in that are in the crypto world. Um, they really knock Solana because of the, the concentrated venture capital that basically helped get the project going. They're saying, okay, there's these VCs have too much of the wealth, too much of the Solana, and they, therefore they control the network too much. Uh, it's not distributed enough. And like the reason that's such a concern for a lot of cryptocurrencies is anytime you have a scam in crypto, you see that there's a high concentration of wealth with very few people and they scammed the market and they got out with a lot of money from people that invested in it uh, because they're able to control it. So what that doesn't mean though, is that anytime, you know, anytime you see high concentration of VC wealth, that that's going to be a scam. Like that's, that's just not the case. Um, I, I was, uh, on Twitter a few weeks ago and the actual, the, the CEO, you know, the guy that actually started Solana, um, he was addressing this cause it was, he's kind of floating around all over Twitter. And he said, Hey, in the beginning, you know, if we could have had a more distributed, um, way of raising funds, like we would have gladly done that. Um, but you know, obviously you're going to move forward with the project once you raise the money. And so, you know, he sees it as, yeah, it would have been nice to have it more distributed, but it doesn't mean like it's a bad project at all. Yeah, I mean, so, Satoshi, I'll say Satoshi, when he started Bitcoin, had the benefit of time because no one, from a distribution standpoint, no one was looking for Bitcoin. So it didn't really matter how fast, you know, how fast he went. With Solana, you're jumping on a moving train. You got to get a product launched. So, yeah, that, that makes a lot of uh, a lot of sense. Um, yeah, any <clears throat> anything else about the downside uh, or, or, or connect that to... But on the other hand, uh, what Solana is really well-purposed uh, to deliver. Yeah, another thing you're going to hear if you start researching on this or like, especially if you dive into like Reddit or Twitter, um, 
you're going to run into, oh, Solana isn't secured. Like the network itself isn't secure. It's too centralized. Um, and that is, that's an argument that will never go away uh, for basically any other blockchain except Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> and a, a lot of the reasons that, you know, that exists is because Bitcoin is the most decentralized protocol and it will always be the most decentralized. It will also always be the slowest and the most expensive, right? So, um, you know, there's tr there's trade-offs to that, but that's okay because Bitcoin, like its use case isn't gaming and that's perfectly fine. So um, are we talking about Bitcoin or Ethereum? Just to clarify. Uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum. Like, like okay. I was using the most extreme case there of like right. Bitcoin being like Bitcoin, for example, is the most decentralized protocol and a lot of the the pro bitcoiners that like hate everything else uh like they're knocking ethereum because it's too centralized mm. and then the <laughs> ethereum people over here are saying oh we're not too centralized stop saying that and then they go and they're like hey you solana people you're too centralized so <laughs> it's like right. an argument that like everybody's throwing back and forth with each other um but the reality is you know if i look at all of the layer one blockchains Solana is not even remotely um, centralized compared to a lot of these layer ones. It is more centralized than Ethereum, right? But like, that's fine. That doesn't that doesn't scare me. That just means it's going to be used for certain for certain things. Yeah, that's good. So you mentioned you mentioned speed and scale speed and scaling speed from a transaction standpoint. I guess, you know, connect the dots at like a, at like a practical level. Like why, why would you and I care as, as consumers, as customers, as investors, why would our listeners care about speed and scaling? What would they run into or want to do where that's going to really be something that they need? Yeah. The, most of the time, like the end users of products, they don't like, they don't care. Right. Like you're not going to really think about that. I think about it from an investing standpoint because I see like the developers care, right? The people that are building products that will serve millions of people, they care about speed and security and, and that healthy balance. Um, but the, the uh, biggest thing, like from an end, end user standpoint, speed, like if you look at these different layer ones, uh, you know, Ethereum having higher security and lower speed that what I see when I see that is, okay, therefore Ethereum has the opportunity to serve a larger financial market where there's larger transactions where fees don't matter as much and security really matters or, you know, smart contracts, uh, for, you know, uh, all, all kinds of smart contracts that will come out in the future where like you and I had, can have an agreement on a smart contract and that can actually be held up in court, right? There's more security around that and it's okay to pay a hundred, you know, a few hundred dollars in a, a smart contract fee because you need the security. So I see Ethereum playing in that world and serving that space. Whereas, you know, for, for Solana, okay. Like it can be used in gaming, um, other things like that are smaller, like millions and millions of really tiny transactions, smaller transactions where security just isn't as important and you need the speed to make it work. You know, like think of it, um, 
think of it in that way. And then you, and then you say, okay, gaming is a big use case. And we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but any, anywhere where you need a lot of transactions or a lot of people doing little things that where you just don't need security, like it's Fort Knox, um, right. that's going to be the use case. Yeah. Sort of a difference between, you know, it, it makes all the sense in the world if, uh, if there is a blockchain product on Ethereum that's super robust, super secure, and actually that if you know, on Ethereum handles a real estate transaction where you're buying a home, well, it's like paying two hundred dollars to do that entire transaction. That makes sense, uh, you know. But to have to go and like buy a shirt for you know yeah. seventy dollars or fifty dollars and to pay a two hundred dollar transaction fee, I think that's a, a good help, a good way to understand. Mm-hmm. All these microtransactions, you don't need that le- that level of robustness and yep. uh, and security, if you will. One thing there, uh, a, a practical use case that's happening right now, you know, for example, if you're an artist and you want to create your own NFT collection, okay, you have two options. Well, you've got more than two, but I'll just present the two. Go to Ethereum uh, and launch your NFT project. Um, let's say, you know, you've got this beautiful artwork that you want to sell, well, you're going to have to pay like several hundred dollars to get it listed, to pay the transaction fee, just to get your art listed. Then the person that is going to buy your art, they have to pay you for the art. They also have to pay several hundred dollars in fees to even get the art. And then, oh yeah, if they want to move that around to a different wallet, there's a bunch more money that they're going to have to do for that. So from an NFT standpoint right now, Ethereum is not a great solution. And so what those people are doing instead is, Hey, I can build on Solana. I just want to sell my art and they can list it and everything. And it only costs a few pennies or a few dollars max, depending on what they're doing. Um, and so it's just a much better place, like for the artist to be able to actually sell their artwork. Cause then the person that wants to buy it, they also they don't have to pay hundreds of dollars in fees and transaction fees to get it. Right. Yeah. One thing you've been saying for a while now is Ethereum is really really great for handling large commercial investment transactions. You know, again in the future, big real estate transactions, supply chain work, where chain of custody is everything. Um, but let's talk about you know maybe for consumers, maybe for people like you and me. Where a, a developer wants to reach the masses, right, with a uh, with a product, what are some of the best use cases for Solana right now? But also as we look into the the near future. So right now, the big two use cases are mostly for um, I'll just say trading, like the de- the decentralized finance uh, side of things, and then the NFTs, and I'm going to put gaming in with NFTs because those, those two fit really well together. Um, that's, that's essentially, if you count the financial instruments and the NFT gaming space, that's, I don't, I don't know the actual number, but that's like, let's just say 99.999% of all of the current use cases. Um, and obviously there'll be more that get, get put into there. Um, I, I just forgot your question. Sorry. <laughs> you, I started talking about it. Basically exploring the practical use cases of Solana, like like what are its best uses now, but also into the future that you yeah. can see. So um, I'll dive into those two a little bit. So like for, uh, for the financial side of things, just to give you a few examples, um, 
you know, when I, when I was playing around with Ethereum decentralized finance, you know, I was looking at the like compound finance, for example. And if you wanted to take out, you know, a thousand dollar loan using your Ethereum or your Bitcoin as collateral, you're going to have to pay $300 in fees just to do that. Whereas on Solana, um, that same loan you could take out and it would cost you 14 cents. So um, that's just one real example of that use case right there. It made it, uh, Solana is much more attractive for just people that, you know, they're not playing around with millions and millions of dollars, but they still want to, you know, take their, their, their capital and make it go to work for them in the most efficient way. Um, that's the biggest thing in the DeFi space. Uh, is for us, you know, little fish to be able to play with some of these cool instruments that if, if they only existed on Ethereum, we'd be, we'd be priced out of them from a gaming perspective on, and in the NFT space, um, that is still very new. I mean, Solana, um, the whole Solana NFT space really launched in August, 2021. And so what, like, we're not even like six months into that yet. Uh, but there's a lot of development happening there. There's a whole lot of scams, right? I, I want to make sure I say that just because anytime you have explosive growth in a brand new space, um, there's going to be a lot of predators that come in and try to take advantage of people. So you got to know what you're doing. Um, but the main thing there is uh, these games that are being built on Solana, they are uh, a lot of people will use the term like play to earn where you can play a video game and actually like earn tokens doing that and then take that and sell it. Or you can, you can lease out your NFT to other people who want to play a game. Like there's, there's a lot of different aspects there. Uh, and really the scalability of Solana sets it up to where really the sky is the limit on the gaming space. They're going to be able to, you know, they're building a lot of games right now. And some of them are very complex. Some of them are very simple. Um, but it's, it's cool to see the space growing like that and to kind of be able to get ahead of some of those projects. Yeah. And I mean, one thing that as, as you and I began to, to, like you said, you were seeing a problem in the market. Um, Ethereum was really strong and really robust, but, but not very fast. And it was very expensive. And I remember there's a famous chart that you and I looked at that compared a lot of smart contract chains, how fast they were, how strong they were, how many you know network nodes they had, how many projects were being developed on it. And that was really one of the first times we were like, oh man, like the value, not only the opportunity ahead for Solana, but where Solana has already come uh, and how many thousands of transactions per second Solana can handle. And a lot of those transactions are like less than a penny, or like you said, two, five, 10, 12 cents a piece. So think about this from a standpoint, if we can sort of look into the future for a minute. You know, it, it, we're in our, our mid thirties. I'm still gonna say mid thirties, even though I, I just ticked up another age, uh, another year in the age category. But think about your favorite game that you played either growing up or as a teen, college, or even now. Um, you know, I think I'll use uh, Zelda, uh, Zelda as an example, way back in the Super Nintendo days. Playing a normal game like that on a console that's not really connected to the internet, we don't think about the fact of how many, I'll use air quotes, transactions we're actually making. 
But if, if let's just imagine that a million people are simultaneously playing Zelda. And every time you swap a, a tunic or every time you buy a new version of something, every time you save a level, whatever, right? Every time you exchange anything or, if you will, write new data to the game, I mean, those are all transactions. And we don't think of it that way, right? Um, but it's a scenario where if, if every single time you do something in a game, it costs you 50 80 100 or $150, I mean, <laughs> the thing never even gets off the ground, right? It does, like, it's, it's a non-starter. And so that's really when we, we, were, we were seeing the future on things like NFTs, where I want 10 or 15 or 500 of those things, and every time I move them around, I don't want to pay $200 in fees and gas. In games, like, yeah, I, I don't want to play a game and do one thing and be done for the month because I don't have the money to pay these fees. And so, th- I mean, again, it's in one sense, when you look at it, the case for Solana is, like, so obvious it hurts. Um, you know, it's <laughs> how would this thing not be successful? Um, and Justin, I think we've talked about for as much as it has done for decentralized finance, for as much as it has done for NFTs, personally, I think the best use case in the sense of compared to the other blockchains, the best use case for Solana really is this gaming space. And I could see Solana really taking off once gaming is actually sort of alive and developed and a little more mature in the space. Yeah, I agree totally. I um, I say the other uh, the other thing there on the gaming side of things is uh, specifically that, like this isn't just a theory about this decentralized gaming aspect. Like EA Sports came out and said several months ago, decentralized gaming play to earn is the future for gaming, right? And they're an industry leader that is, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to rank uh, gaming companies. I know EA sports is near the top. I'll tell you that much. And they know what they're talking about. So um, we're still very, very early, but it is really cool to see the big players outside of the crypto space to say, yeah, this is legitimate. This is going to be a big deal. So suffice it to say, uh, there's a lot more room to grow uh, and advance for Solana in the in the space. To that note, Justin, uh, let's just have a little fun here for a second. Um, and we'll try to be a little bit faster on these points here to, to get to our, our time. But let's talk future value. We'll have a little fun. In the next four years, three to four to five years, what do you think we can expect from Solana, from Sol, the coin, from a, a market cap? From a price standpoint, let's have a little fun with that. What do you think? I think the most realistic thing to expect, uh, if if Solana's growth continues to happen uh, like it's been happening, uh, I would say Solana in another four years is going to be where Ethereum is today. Um, that I'd say it's like safe to say that. Uh, so from there, you're looking at you know Solana being three or four thousand dollars uh this morning it's 150 dollars i know that sounds crazy asinine like that that doesn't sound uh achievable uh but the funny thing is, is in this crypto space when you have emerging technology like solana like it can grow and scale very quickly so i think that's the most realistic uh thing 
The other thing I'll say about that though, is really Brandon, what your question is, is you're actually asking me how much will Solana adopt in the next four years? And I don't have any stinking clue like what that is, <laughs> so, <laughs> but I can say, okay, what are some coins that have kind of been down that road and what does that look like? And how much money would that equivalently, you know, like what is the equivalent of that for Solana? And that's, that's really what it would look like. That's good. One thing I wanted to pull out that we, we talked about even in our planning for this conversation is in one sense, these blockchains are in competition with each other for, for users, for adoption, for network growth and, and effect. Um, but, but don't, don't think of it as only one smart contract blockchain can really make it. Um, you know, for instance, we would even say Solana is not really a competitor to Ethereum. Like, in other words, Solana winning, this is not zero sum at all. Uh, Solana winning does not mean it has to be, quote unquote, the Ethereum killer. And you'll, you'll hear that language, you know, yeah. what's the next Ethereum killer? That is not really the case. What's more, what it's more like is Ethereum was the first mover. Ethereum was um, the first one to take, to be in the space. And so it sort of got everything. And now, uh, and now, so I had a little audio uh, issue with my computer there. So sorry if if that phased out. Uh, But the point is, it's not the best use case for everything. And so now you're having contract uh, smart contract blockchains like Solana step in and actually take in and specialize in certain areas. So again, don't think of it as only one of these things is going to make it. But certainly there are at this point, you know, getting to be you know, dozens of these kinds of things. And we really think Solana is is at the, the front uh, of the line, you know, the first wave, whatever you want to uh, whatever you want to say there. Uh, so we're going to talk about, and I'll say this as a future uh, tease, decentralized finance and staking and farming and yield and interest. Uh, we're going to save that for a future conversation about decentralized finance as its own conversation because that is a, a, an entire entire world to itself. Um, we will talk about NFTs and gaming more in the future. Uh, we do have some conversations that go on about NFTs and gaming on our Discord, uh, which has been which has been pretty fun. But for now, Justin, if people if people listen to this podcast and and decide they want in on Solana, they want to buy Solana, uh, tell tell us a couple of places where people can buy Sol. The the best place that I recommend to people to buy is Coinbase. So you can buy Solana on Coinbase. Um, and I would say the second best would be like um, FTX uh, US. So you can buy it there as well. Uh, they have a mobile app. Uh, you can also buy it on Voyager. We talk a lot about Voyager. The only downside is Voyager does not allow you to send Solana. You can buy it there uh, and trade it for other things, but they're not going to allow you to send it out of that wallet. So. I typically recommend don't, if you want to buy Solana, don't buy it on Voyager. Cause then if you want to send it somewhere, you're going to have to trade it for something. And that's, that's not going to be fun. Um, yeah. Coinbase definitely is the number one spot. Very good. Oh man. You mentioned FTX, FTX US. I, <laughs> I feel like we would be remiss in saying this. I don't know how this <laughs> slipped through the episode without being mentioned. Uh, if you, if you watch major league baseball, 
frankly, if you watch TV at all, you probably have heard the the name FTX. This is an exchange uh, started by Sam Bankman-Fried, who just got listed as one of Forbes 40 under 40 uh, most influential men, whatever. Um, we are big fans of Sam, uh, and and Sam in the products that Sam is building, Sam's blockchain of choice is is Solana, and that's yep. that's something that's been a, a boon to its growth, but probably more 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 actually a an indicator of what Solana has uh, to offer. So one of the most successful men in crypto uh, that's building at probably the most rapid speed of any development company in, in the world picks Solana as their blockchain of choice. So I, again, I don't know how we got 35 minutes into this episode <laughs> without mentioning that. Um, but I think that's a fairly important uh, point. Justin, anything that you want to round out the discussion with uh, before we, we send everybody send everybody off? No, I would just encourage people to really dive in and research and learn. You know, like a lot of times, um, you know, if you're if you're curious about, hey, what other blockchains are other out there? Like, there's so many, there's so many good resources and pieces of information to help you guys learn about this stuff. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't sit down one day with some like teacher that like taught me this stuff. And near to do, Brandon, it's just we just got in. And we started learning kind of like what you started this podcast with talking about, like, um, and, and the value, like the hours poured into that stuff, uh, is really valuable to me now. And it helps me navigate the space and kind of like have confidence in, you know, Hey, knowing what projects that I, I really want to learn more about and then invest in. So this, there's so much to learn. Yeah. We've been hearing a lot about web three lately and maybe people don't know exactly what that is, what that means. Or like, what was web two? Like I didn't know there was a web two, <laughs> you know, the yeah. same way it might kind of my parting shot here, you know, think about the first time you ever signed onto the internet, MSN, uh, AOL back in the late mid to late nineties. Uh, there's not a lot you can do. You can go to a website and consume information. Maybe you could listen to audio or watch video with web two. We went social, uh, but we also went mobile. So think about applications like Uber. So think of all the complexity involved in, quote unquote, taking an Uber, finding an Uber. Uh, you've got location, you've got payment, you've got navigation, you've got uh, simultaneous uh, engagement in real time, you know, selecting a driver and geolocation. I mean, all of that stuff was not possible five years previous to that, right? And so I think the, the thing I would, I would sort of send you away with is we are very fascinated about this whole space. I know smart contracts sound super nerdy, but really the point is blockchain is going to be able to handle more complex things in quote unquote web three that simply in, in the last 10 or 15 years have not been possible. So I mentioned, you know, right now uh, a real estate transaction involves like four or five different people, title search. Um, uh, attorney fees for rec uh, recording things, and and you've got you know all these other things have to be done and, and legally stamped off and signed off on. Imagine that there's a product on Solana or Ethereum that handles that entire transaction. Instead of paying thousands of dollars, maybe you pay hundreds of dollars, and you don't need five different people to to be sort of you know st uh, pulling money as the middleman. So again, that's kind of that's why we're so excited, and uh, and we hope that you'll you'll explore this space more. There's a lot going on, 
and uh, we are in rapid development in this space. As we head out, uh, encouragement to check out uh, blazingcrypto.io slash join. If you want to go deeper with us, uh, you can sign up there and join our Discord where we deliver all of our content that's not found on this podcast. But for Justin, I'm Brandon. Have a good day, guys. We will talk to you later. For more information, check out our website at blazingcrypto.io. Additionally, if you have friends that are new to crypto, share our trailhead videos from our website, which is a great way to get introduced to crypto.